0: Hey everyone, Sean and Dave here from Saturday Morning Cartoons. We need to thank the following amazing people for going to our Patreon account and supporting this show. So a huge thank you to Jonathan Renteria Elie, John Helter, Jack Connolly, Derek Haynes, Alex Kazanis, Jarmaine Myrick, Tyrese Walton, Allison Keane. Dr. Jason Woods. The wonderful Melanie Harker. The incomparable Sean Paul Ellis. Oh, and the phenomenal David Trumbore. Thank you so much.
1: Now, you guys might wonder why we are thanking ourselves and some familiar names of the podcast. It's because we want you to know that we not only appreciate your uh, donations to the podcast here, but we are actually putting in our hard-earned dollars as well. So to give you guys an idea of what you can actually get for some of these monthly contributions through Patreon, if you can't contribute any money whatsoever... We would love it if you guys would just visit patreon.com slash saturdaymorningcartoons, remember that's morning with a U, and just share that link out among your social media uh, pages. That would help us out a lot and just get the word out there. If you do want to kick in a couple of bucks, you get some cool stuff back in return. So you may not know that we send out a monthly newsletter that not only tells people about upcoming news that we have going on, and we've definitely got some cool stuff coming in the next couple of months here for you, but we also announce the upcoming list of shows that we're gonna be covering. So if there's a cartoon out there that you actually like, you're gonna get to hear about it in the monthly newsletter. Other than that, you also get special uh, thank yous in the newsletter. You get a special shout out, like this one right here, in each and every episode. You can get early access to weekly episodes and you can also get access to our special behind the scenes rambling between Sean and myself. Oh boy. Yeah, there's some gems in there. So you're gonna wanna check that out. Again, head on over to patreon.com slash SaturdayMorningCartoons to do so and thank you so much to everyone who is a current patron
0: thank you to our patrons thank you so much for listening and now on with the show
1: Welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoons, the weekly podcast that revisits, reviews, and ridicules some of the world's weirdest animated series. Coming to you from San Zucchini, I'll be your co-host, Dave Trumbore. Joining me as always, a fellow member of the Nightshade family, it's Sean Paul Ellis. How's it going, sir?
0: Uh, David, David, David. I'm doing well, buddy. How about yourself? Doing good. We got one more spooky tune to close uh. out. Spooky tune month,
1: also known as October. <laughs> what a coincidence. Yeah, what a coincidence. And this One is going to Yeah, this is going to
0: drop like right before Halloween too, which is mm-hmm. nice. I know. This is a, guys, you're listening to this on the 30th, you've got 24 hours mm-hmm. to put together now your ultimate Halloween costume mm-hmm. and get ready for all Hallow's Eve. Put that out into the world so that you can have super fun. Uh just a reminder, yeah. if you decide that you want to take a, a fun cartoon cosplay photo mm-hmm. or something, guys, we'd love to see it. That'd be awesome. Yeah, that'd be super fun. If you decide to go as a cartoon character, we want to see that.
1: Look, and bonus points to you guys, and that's all you get because we don't have anything else to give you. Bonus points to you guys if it's a cartoon that we've actually covered. And you have like 170-some-odd things to choose from, so that should be pretty easy for you. I'm going to give double bonus points if you can fill an entire pillowcase full of Halloween candy, even if you have to buy it. That's totally That's awesome.
0: actually. That's not what I thought you were going to say. I thought you were going to say, I'm going to give everybody bonus points if you can fill up an entire pillowcase with nothing but raw tomatoes. Ooh, pulpy. Yeah. Interesting. Why would you say that? That's a weird thing to say.
1: Candy makes sense, but...
0: Well, it should, given the context of this last episode, we are, of course, talking about Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. But wait a minute,
1: Sean. Wasn't that a low-budget
0: 70s movie? Oh my gosh. Well, get ready, because let's talk about it. If you're curious, it was also adapted to become a cartoon. So, for those who are not familiar, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes is an American animated television series based on the original movie and its sequel. It aired on Fox Kids from 1990 to 1991. The original film, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, was released by Foursquare Productions in 1978. During the 1986 to 1987 season of Muppet Babies... (laughs) where where are you going with this yeah there was a segment in the episode that was titled the weirdo zone in which baby Fozzie bear talks about quote attack of the silly tomatoes the segment used clips from the movie now that episode's success led to a live action sequel which then led to the creation of the animated series so if you watch this and you wanted somebody to thank it's Baby Fozzie Bear from the Muppet Babies. Thanks, Muppet Babies. Yeah. We did, a, we did an episode
1: on that, and I remember that there was this weird kind of they included live action uh, film sequences from like films that were either old enough that they had the rights to, or there were, it was just like common rights or whatever, or that were so, so cheap to buy that they <laughs> picked them up from Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, I guess, which was not a kid friendly movie at all. So they probably had to like hyper curate exactly what scene they picked. But I love the fact that it was like this weird cooperation between different studios that not only led to Return of the Killer Tomatoes, the sequel to the movie, but that it led to this animated series. That's crazy. I think the sequel to the movie actually did a little bit better, too. So it gave them enough clout and enough money to go ahead and make an animated series from this movie. You,
0: you are never going to be able to move forward in Hollywood unless you've got that sweet, sweet, acidity uh, tomato money coming out. Yeah, that tomato money is where it's at. Yeah. Tomato Money. Did you ever watch the live action?
1: You know what? I feel like I did, but I also feel like I didn't. So Okay.
0: I ended up going back and watching, in preparation for the show mm. tonight, uh, a little bit of the live action from 78. And I have to tell you, it really made me laugh. <laughs> That's because good. Because there is very little horror or suspense in it. Essentially, it is it is a woman who is... Quintessential '70s blonde woman and that you would imagine being in a movie at that time, standing over a sink, and she's like doing the dishes. And then out of uh, out of the like garbage disposal, a tomato pops up, and it's making like a lot of weird kind of noises that we saw uh, in in the actual cartoon for yeah. certain characters, like for for FT. Like FT, okay. And so it, it's it's making some of these like FT kind of noises. And the tomato just kind of rolls around the drain a little bit, and the woman that's backs not what up in terror. I, tar- not what I expected. No, that's not what I expected either. The woman backs up in terror, and like the tomato jumps onto the floor and then rolls towards her, and that was like the opening credits. I, I just thought to myself, there was a whole movie that was based off of this. Two. <laughs>
2: okay. Two yeah, and two. Cartoon.
0: And a cartoon. What's funny is that you kinda need to know
1: a little bit from the movie in order to appreciate the cartoon, which is a weird choice considering that the movies were not for kids and the cartoon definitely was. So if you guys aren't familiar with any of this backstory, I'll let you know what the synopsis of the cartoon is right about now. So the series picks up five years after the Great Tomato War, where tomatoes have been banned. This has not stopped Dr. Putrid T. Gangrene from engaging in his experiments toward his ultimate goal to rule the world. His most successful experiment is Tara Boomdier, a tomato-turned-human who runs away from gangrene, taking along her quote-unquote brother, the fur-covered FT, whom she passes off as a dog. They befriend Chad Finletter, nephew of the great tomato war veteran Wilbur Finletter, who vows to help them against whatever gangrene has planned. And that essentially sets up exactly where this series drops you in. It kind of drops you in expecting you to know (laughs) most of this stuff. There's a little (laughs) bit of an intro that we'll get into, uh, but not much. They pretty much drop you straight into this nonsense. This is kind of fun.
0: So I, I know that I, I asked the question yeah. about the, the live-action movie, but did you watch this in 1990, 1991 when this was on the oh, air? Oh, the cartoon? Absolutely.
1: Yeah, I did too. Yeah, I definitely remember this. And the things that I remember most are the theme song, which we'll talk about momentarily, yep. and the, the interstitials. Oh. I really remember the interstitials quite a bit. And we'll I... talk about them probably in the animation section.
0: I don't remember the interstitials you- I, I I will say, and I will ask the question at the end of this first episode that we watched tonight, was there a weird interstitial that they had towards the very end?
1: Maybe I'm saying the wrong thing. I mean like the the scene transitions. Oh, okay, so not like the not like the commercial cuts or the, um, just the transitions. the scene transitions transitions yeah, yeah, That's got what got I mean. it. So we don't we don't have a star wipe or a cops badge wipe cops. or anything
0: like that uh, And we need more of those. We need more wipes. We need more. We, we need more. We need more cops. We need more cop we definitely wipes. Need more cop
1: wipes. Yeah. Um more badge wipes. I, <laughs> I love man. I just love the the simple idea of that. That they were just like this show is about cops. Cops have badges. Let's use
0: the silhouette of a badge to, <laughs> to transition between scenes. I what mean, more things are like they're that? they're knocking it out of the park with that. Yeah, they're just like they're they are blowing it out of the water in terms of what they what they can do because they really thought they're like what. What could we put in this show to really reinforce the fact that it's about cops? Yeah. It's named cops, mm-hmm. and cops all have badges. Ah, I guess unless maybe you're like a Serpico cop, and then you know maybe Ooh. you're you're drilled down to the point where you don't know if you're a criminal or if you're a good guy. Just just uh, Al Pacino wipes. Just yeah, just Al. <laughs> oh my God! They did an Al Pacino Serpico wipe. How fun would that, that would be? be what it's just know, him. He's like, ah, oh, I don't want to oh. go in. <laughs> it's like, where the hell did Al
1: Pacino come from? This
0: I don't know why I did like Al Pacino's "Son of a Woman," but you know, it, it's, it's a, <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's the same. It's all good. Hoo ha! Also the hoo ha. Oh boy! Let's get into the theme song. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do this. How great yeah. is this thing? This theme song is fantastic. You should be singing you, it right now at home, by the way. I I'm having a hard time not yeah. singing the the entire theme song. Now, I I broke this apart. Okay, me too. Because there was so much in this, I never understood I broke, these
1: these lyrics before, except for the title.
0: I didn't either, but I have them yep, now. Same. I found them online, and it was a uh, it was great to be able to actually decipher some of the things that they were saying. Yep. Because because I, I as I was watching this, I took note and I wrote down I think ninety percent of what they were saying. Yep. Like after my fifth listen, yes. I thought I was nailing it, but there was still one or two lines that were really hard to figure out. I, I don't
1: know if it's just the balance of the music with the sound effects with the the dialogue, if it's off, or if it's just the fact that they they sing it kind of quickly and it's
0: tough to get all the words. But I, I think it's actually both. It's because both. Let, let's be honest, this theme song is really hitting home the the title of this show yeah. with. The, with the nonstop attack of the Killer Tomatoes. That's a great, it's a great
1: fanfare. And there's a cool kind of like driving music behind it. And this was done by uh, Saban and Levy, who've been yeah. behind some of the
0: best theme songs, that, the, the catchiest theme songs that we've covered on this show. Some of those best earworms. Yeah. So I, I've, I've broken this theme song out into visuals, music, and then lyrics. Let's hear it. So for, for visuals... I love the the opening kind of Frankenstein's monster intro where, you know, maybe like last week, like Count Ducula. Yeah. I thought it was for two seconds Count Ducula's mansion. Yeah. Uh, so you, you get like this giant sort of uh, mansion with uh, thunder and lightning that's going on. And so you really get the idea that like some spooky weird science shit is about to happen. And then lo and behold, they give you all these allusions to some of the weird science that's going on. Yeah with FT, as well as also with Terra's character uh, and the things that are going through there. Then it kind of cuts to just sort of tomatoes willy-nilly inhabiting the city. I right. never thought that I'd say tomatoes willy-nilly inhabiting the city. Well, it doesn't really seem like there's that big of a threat check, that's there. Check your bingo mark if you got it. Yep. And then the very end just kind of closes that with some weird CGI. Was that, was that CGI at the end there? If it if it wasn't then I don't know like what that metallic <laughs> that weird like metallic kind of border around the like Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Oh, that part of it, yeah. Like title screen that they had. It was it was bizarre. Dude,
1: the 90s were such a weird time because it was when they were just first starting to like use computers for things that weren't just like accounting and like spreadsheets and like number crunching <laughs> and like just like, you know, 8-bit video games or whatever they were starting to use it for this animation and we've seen a a progression of it throughout a number of 90s shows where it's like sometimes they just introduce like one thing and it's very glaringly obvious that this is the first time I've ever done that one thing and then that morphs and mutates into like slightly more and slightly more until you get what
0: we have today which is CG monstrosities like uh, Berserk. Yeah. (laughs) Now I could be 100% wrong with that title screen being CG but to your point it was distinct enough in terms of the look and the feel of it, yeah. that it seemed like it was a, a slight departure from everything that we had seen up to that point. And so yeah. looking at it, it kind of felt it kind of felt unique, like they were doing it, like, here's our title screen. You should get excited about this giant tomato with crazy teeth on it. Like and, it. and to me, I was like, okay, this is fun, because, again, they weren't really, it didn't seem like they were necessarily using it for the tomato itself. Yeah, which is what I thought
1: had. you were going to say, and I was like, well, I don't remember that.
0: Yeah. It, it was just like the background just the, border. Just the logo. Yeah. Just the logo. And I was like, okay, that's simple. Because, guys, we've seen mistakes when you try to render humans oh. back in the 90s with CGI animation. Or sometimes no, the 2000s you in Canada. You, you, yeah. It's, <laughs> <laughs> you beat me to it. Uh, oh, stop with the eye blinking <laughs> for Monster by Mistake. Which is going to get referenced in this. We're going to get into some Monster by Mistake shit tonight. There are some weird parallels from this that are driving me bananas. Some, yeah, some faux pas, I guess you could say. So that's what I had for visuals. Any Anything crazy that you had in addition? Uh, we did, I mean,
1: visually, we did get kind of a roll call uh, just without the names, really. We didn't have the names of these characters, but we got the villains and the heroes of the story uh, and sort of in action. We got to see them in action. So we'll talk about the characters here in a second. But we did get to see kind of like little vignettes of each of them to kind of give you a flavor of uh, what they're about and uh, what right. they look like. Beyond
0: that, you don't know their names yet, but you figured out pretty quickly. Uh, so, music-wise, yeah. uh, a lot of really kind of driving synth yeah. that's in this, and I really loved the fact that this kind of felt like a sing-along chorus oh, yeah. of people who were just kind of really enthusiastic about talking about Attack of the Killer Tomatoes mm-hmm. and really kind of brought you into it. And then, at some point, when they actually have to deliver some of the, I'd say, chorus mm-hmm. or or sorry, not chorus, but uh, when they cut away from the chorus, and go to the verse. which is sort of this, right, into this verse, okay. uh, we have one individual who's kind of uh, talking or kind of through a rhyming scheme that they have, which is which is kind of fun. Yeah. I, I felt like, I don't know if you ever listened to the 90s and 2000s ska band, The Aquabats. No, doesn't ring a bell. Okay. Uh, I definitely felt like this could have been a song from any number of Aquabats albums. They do a lot of like weird science fiction Mm. and like crazy characters. They have songs like the cat with two heads and stuff like that. And so they're all kind of like these joyous kind of explorations about science and storytelling. And so they're just, they're just crazy. And so for me, I was like this attack of the killer tomatoes theme song falls squarely within like their realm of we could have done this and we could have knocked this out of the park. I feel like
1: uh, this, this theme song stands on its own. But I think the movies did have their own too. I remember something from like childhood where I asked my mom if she knew like the Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, if she knew what that was. And she started singing the theme song, which was weird. But then it wasn't the theme song to the cartoon. It was the theme song to like the movie or the the title song to the movie or something. I was just like, The fuck are you singing? She's like Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. We got not in a fight, but I was just like it was weird because I didn't know that there was a movie and she didn't know that there was a cartoon until I like showed her on Saturday morning she was like, that's weird they made a cartoon out of this. I think we actually watched a couple episodes together. She was just like, okay. But yeah, so it kind of harkens back to like that title song where it was sort of, it was a 70s movie, but it was joking around with sort of like the 50s mutated monster craze, uh, at least as far as how they sold it. Sort of like the, the things that should be like sweet and innocent things run rampant and, and taking over the city but They just made it tomatoes, and it happened to be set in the seventies. So I love that it, they used a the new theme song, but they kept kind of the same. You know, they kept the title, they kept that feel to it. So I, I think right. that really carried across. Yeah.
0: So the final point for this entire theme song are these lyrics. Yeah. Uh, was there any particular line that stood out to you? Uh. And and do you feel like if I told you right now what those uh, specific verses were, uh. Do you feel that you have them down? That you know what they are? Because there's only two verses
1: for this. I do, but only because I literally have them in front of me.
0: <clears throat> okay, all right. But but
1: the first sentence, the first like the first rhyme of the second verse is probably my favorite.
0: Okay, yeah. and I, I would say almost the the first line or of the first verse and the last line of the final verse, uh, really kind of uh, are intriguing to me because it really shows. Something that's going to come back continually in this show is just how self-aware yes. this car- this cartoon actually is. And so, the, if you're not familiar, this uh, this line it says, "From Gangrene's lab, uh, come forth each week." And so they're they're definitely referencing the fact that like this is a serial cartoon that's going to be ahead every Saturday, yeah. uh, you know. And then at the very end, it says, "Well, well uh, why don't you
1: read them the read them the whole
0: verse?" Oh, yeah, okay, okay. Um, so it starts out the uh, the verse that says, "From Gangrene's lab." Come forth each week, a ripe red monster of which we speak, except when he has a security leak. Tomatoes, tomatoes. Tomatoes. And in that moment, you sort of see uh, Chad and the Terra character yeah. with FT sort of running away. They're the security leak. I do, like, I do like the way that they say it, though. Like Everything has a very kind of
1: like kind of rushed uh, rhythm to it. Everything's very rhythmic, but it makes it difficult to understand what he's saying because he's like forcing the words right. into a rhythm that is not a natural rhythm. So it's, it's, yeah, it's good that we have the lyrics now. So we know there's what they're a, actually there's,
0: saying. There's, there's definitely a couple more syllables in there that they could I'll have suck- cut out it, to make it flow. Yeah. yeah. Suck- uh, <laughs> I don't think I'm very Nixon. I'm so currently like. I'm suck- like, suck- like. I am not. Uh, so we have. Uh, Here's my favorite second- line. Second. Oh, this is your favorite <laughs> line? It says, uh, can no one stop these mutant No, fruits? that's not the
1: line. Damn it. You skipped what? over
0: my favorite line. I give you one the, line. Oh, 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 isn't it? Oh, isn't it a pity? Oh, isn't it a pity? Tomatoes. Tomatoes eating the city. I don't know why, but that
1: always cracked me up as a kid because he was just like, oh, isn't it a pity? He's like singing it like Underdog or something. Tomatoes eating eating the city. Yeah, it was great.
0: I loved it. And then we get to this point and it says, can no one stop these mutant fruits? Where will we find our brave recruits? Can Wilbur get rid of that dumb parachute?
1: Tomatoes. 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 CG
0: logo. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) maybe cg logo possibly, hopefully i think CG possibly logo. cg logo but no it's a it's different a fun song. art styled logo Perfect. with possible cg possible 3d possible 3D. but no it's it's a fun
1: uh, theme song that i could never fully sing along with because i had no idea what he was saying <laughs> except for parts of it but yeah it was just fun it's just like a very fun like you said self-aware it kind of gives you an idea of what the show is going to be about you know it's going to center on something that comes out of the mad science lab you know it's going to have something to do with the, with the characters fighting tomatoes, and then it it calls out how ridiculous it is that the one character just runs around with a parachute like strapped to his back at all times.
0: And it's to me, joke. that always felt really funny because it's like at any point in time he can take this parachute off. Or not. It's a deployed parachute. You can either package it back up and put it in, you know, his like his jump pack, yeah. or he could just cut it. And just not have it anymore, but I, I love the fact that they're making fun of themselves in this cartoon. Not only just in the theme song, twice, they're going to continue to make fun of themselves throughout the entire program, oh. which I don't know what it was, but you know we've had cartoons that have been self-aware, that have broke the fourth wall, that have kind of, you know, been self-deprecating against themselves. Yeah. But sometimes it just doesn't hit in a way that is funny or rewarding. This wasn't funny laugh-out-loud funny, this was sort of chuckle-entertaining. Yeah. Kind of like, you, you kind of just looked at the, the cart, like, as I'm watching this on YouTube, I sort of just made, exactly, finger to the temple, and then I kind of just motioned to the like, YouTube, I and you. I was like, I, I see what you, what you did there. there. And I like I it. See, I I appreciate it. And they do it because the movie was
1: low-budget. I can't imagine they gave a ton of money for the animated series, <laughs> um, as we'll talk about in a second. But... I I like that fact that they were just like, we know what this is, and we know where it comes from, we know its pedigree, we're not trying to be something that we're not, so let's include a couple self-referential bits of humor. It wasn't overdone, I don't think. A couple things here and there. And then including the theme song. So yeah, it was good. Right. But there are a few things that we can make fun of this show for. <laughs> <laughs> so well, anything else on the theme song or do you want to get into this animation style? Oh, let's get into this animation. What style. are, what are some of the good points? What are some of the highlights of the animation style?
0: So I think that the, I think that they do a really good job. Struggling. I was not intended it's not intended to be a pregnant pause. I'm just trying to put my words together yeah. in a way that's coherent. So I, I, think that they do a great job at being able to uh to have some fun character design that's in this that seemed very unique they do a good job of of really kind of outlining uh specific characters and their environments literally yeah yeah sometimes literally uh they i thought that they did a good job with some of the animation i will say at certain points there were definitely some sort of character derp moments oh god yeah that were a little bit confusing or made me laugh a lot because I, you could tell that they were flubs and you were just like, Oh no, like, like somebody did not, left them in there. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody did not coordinate this whatsoever. Yeah. But I, I think for the art design, it, the thing that it, it resembled the most for me was if you go back and you take a look at the April O'Neil character yeah. from, uh, from the original animated series of TMNT uh, it was very similar to that. Like, Thin lines to kind of outline things, simple shading, yeah. very bright colors. Yep. Yeah, pretty much. I do like that though. But
1: specifically, you pointed out that they took some, they made some interesting decisions with uh, different characters. So like Gangrene oh, looks sickly. Like his his colored palette is not it's not good. It looks pretty bad. He's got like stark white hair, but then kind of just like almost like a rotten like greenish gray. Skin, it's a really weird color palette to, to work with. And he's like contrasted <laughs> against his, uh, his, his uh, helper. Let's As, talk about him his assistant. his assistant. Thank you. Who's like very tanned and blonde and he's got a bright blue suit on. It's just like a weird contrast between the two. But I really like the uh, designs of the tomatoes. I thought they made them, you know, they could have just all been same size, same shape, same color tomatoes. They varied the sizes, they varied the colors, the shapes the ones that actually got to be like, you know, quote unquote hero tomatoes, they got some cool design aspects to them. Some were very strange. Some were very like terrifying and some were super (laughs) cute. So it was, it was neat to see that they took, they took some of the uh, nods from the movie, but then they kind of made it and they cartoonized it a little bit too.
0: So I thought that was pretty cool.
1: However, there are some rough spots.
0: What's your, what's your favorite rough
1: spot? I have one. Uh, there
0: was one. There was one towards the very end, which is a close-up of uh, Chad, Okay. where he is—he's making some reaction to. Some, I don't know if it was around towards the end when there's the, the kind of the, the whistle snatching, yes. which um, will make but, sense slightly more in a few minutes here. Just me. Yeah. And so uh, there's a moment where Chad has a reaction to something. That is that is occurring and he definitely has a face that reminded me again of monster monster by oh, mistake no. where it just seemed like they could not get the eyes to work and it was just one eye was closing and one <laughs> no. eye was open. It was just it was just that awful back and forth blink that we've seen in other shows and who it was the blink. It was jarring. Was yeah, the blinks the blink sink. The blink and sink. so it, the challenge is, is that we've seen blink sync go wrong on other shows and because we now talk about it, it's definitely something that I I look out for. Yeah. And when I see it, it just feels like it feels like such an egregious error. Where it's like, all right, everybody huddle up, yeah. animators, we need to look talk at this about shit. this. Yeah, this is awful. But I mean, this is ninety ninety one, so yeah. I, I and like we kind of want to forget edge, it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> what was uh, what were some moments of errors? For I have you? one. I have one
1: favorite, and then one just like weird animation decision. My favorite okay. moment is <clears throat> fairly early on. We see Chad talking to Tara, and Chad is talking. He's not asking her a yes or no question, but she's just shaking her head no for no reason <laughs> back and forth. And you, you're seeing the camera from like behind her head, so it's not even like on her face as her perspective. Her head's just like turning for no reason for a good like five or six seconds for no reason <laughs> at all. It was really strange. It looked like an animation <laughs> test, and I couldn't even focus on what else was supposed to be going on. I was just like, why the hell is she shaking her head? Um, there's another sequence where she is talking to FT and FT is on the ground. And for whatever reason, she decides to like bend over backwards like a like a cheerleader doing a, I don't even know what you would call it, a hand, like a back handspring or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so she like bends over backwards and her head is like upside down so that when her head comes into frame with FT, it is also upside down. It was such a weird decision. Like why would you not just like stoop down and, and talk to FT unless they didn't know how to animate it or they just thought it was funnier to have her. Head me upside down talking to this thing. Really strange choices, but at
0: least I had fun with it. You know? Some of this, I think, uh, do you remember those commercials that they used to have uh, in the 90s? And I'm sure it's still on late night every once in a while, but it's for the Art Institute. Oh, God, yeah. And it's just like, do you want to draw? They're like, a lighthouse. They're like, take this drawing test that's of this. Turtle. Yeah. It was like a bird. Or this a, or this pirate mouse, and a, or a mouse. It was like, wow, <laughs> look at the talent. It, it's 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 always amazing because I feel like some of the stuff that went into this cartoon could have been graduates. I'm I'm not I'm not I want to say first and foremost, I'm not railing against them in any way, shape, or form because it's it's one thing to draw a still or a portrait or even like a, a silhouette is essentially what they had you draw. Yeah. And so uh, to be able to put that together, but then to keyframe animate that, there are some times where it's just like, how does the human body work? <laughs> just, and that is a question. It Just it's turns his head, head. For no reason. Uh.
1: <laughs> Maybe they graduated from uh, San Francisco City College.
0: San Francisco City College has a fantastic art program, mm-hmm. and uh, they have a an entire major just in jank animation. Uh, most notable graduates that we've had went on to work on such successes in Canada, such as Monsters by Mistake.
1: Yeah, they actually just recently opened up, they are a defunct school, but they did manage to open up a subcategory <laughs> of jank animation that's all tomato-based. It's fantastic.
0: <laughs> all tomato-based jank.
1: Tomato jank animation. Tomato-based jank animation. You can specialize in puree. Oh! A, an avant-garde uh, approach, I'd say oh okay yeah what else what else you've got the catalog in front of you what else do they offer over there
0: uh man they have mm-hmm. a they have a if you're looking for a blend sort of like their general studies mm-hmm. uh it's called a, a pomodoro oh that's nice is that an international yeah. um uh classroom? it is that you have you have to go to italy for a, oh, uh, at least one semester <laughs> at least one semester. The, at least one <laughs> semester to, to get pop- the pomodoro yeah. yeah to get the pomodoro <laughs> yep interesting um There's a a whole section uh, that they have uh, as like a minor. It's just called Working with Basil. Oh, that's nice. I like that. That's delicious. Who
1: would have guessed? Now, when you said session, I thought you said Szechuan. And I do want to warn some of our listeners out there. It turns out that the Szechuan sauce shortage was due to the amount of tomato product being funneled to San Francisco City College for this particular category. So now you know where to point your hatred. call him up wait hold up <laughs> <laughs> sean's like wait what there's a lot of going on right now i don't know uh real quick sidebar for fans who know what we're talking about with san francisco city college that college actually popped up in an episode of halt and catch fire and it cracked me up for for only the reason that it's been mentioned on this podcast numerous times in the past nice all right uh anything else for the animation style or san francisco city college course catalog
0: no, I'm just really concerned that I don't know how Szechuan sauce is made. I now. I thought it
1: was just teriyaki sauce and ketchup. Am I wrong? I I might be. I think that's all it is. People losing their
0: minds. No, it is it is ketchup based. Yeah,
1: see, that's all it is. Did not know San that. San Francisco now. City College stealing up uh, that Szechuan sauce. All right, let's talk hey, about these. you are you are
0: you are one credit away from that see, minor. You exactly. just gotta pass just got that. You badge. just gotta you just gotta pass that working with garlic class. I know, it's killing me. Uh, yeah. And everybody around me. So who do you want to talk
1: about <laughs> as a character? Who's your first pick?
0: uh let's let's talk with uh let's talk about our villains because we spend you a lot someone, more time okay. with them yeah um let's talk about uh putrid tea gangrene hey, come forth every week yeah i mean we we talked about sort of the the character design and sort of the aesthetic yep. just sort of this you know jaundiced on uh i don't know jaundiced to like the nth degree yeah. or jaundiced to like the power of 10 He looks like uh, he's been like a reanimated corpse yeah he really yeah. <laughs> he looks like the the character on the cover for like reanimator yeah. like the yeah. vhs the, box art the, like it's, it's the bad. thing that's been reanimated not not her no west. like the sci- the scientist that's well, like on it, holding like, like the beaker with like, like the herbert green west. overlay he look, yeah
1: he looks like herbert west but then yeah with the green
0: like sheen on his face yeah yeah thanks so H.P. it's
1: lovecraft yeah
0: right <laughs> so i mean we we spend a lot of time with him uh very uh Really interesting character yeah, and and a fantastic voice actor too John Aston, right,
1: who people probably know maybe from this, maybe from uh, Gomez Adams from the live action <gasps> Adams family show, and I believe from the cartoon as well in the 90 s
0: nice yeah. so he he really just does an excellent job with this character the The character itself is just is kooky, you know, yeah. and and we'll get into a little bit more. Uh, you know, why he's so crazy and sort of what, what the, the method is to his madness and and what he's doing. But, I mean, he's just a fun, quintessential, goofy villain. He's an angry scientist as opposed he's, to a mad scientist. He's not a mad scientist. He's an angry scientist. And they they really they really hit that home really a lot. Yeah. Ugh. To a degree that at some point, like over 22 minutes, I was like, yeah, I think we've we heard we this got one, it. guys. That's all you got. We got it.
2: We got it. We got it. Oh,
0: and his, his outro was one of the weirder things from this episode, but we'll talk about that later. That's, that is 100% what I mean when I'm referencing that this character is so bananas that it just, it, it, there's a moment where you're just like, oh, there seems like there's a method to his madness. And then you get this outro, and this cartoon is like, oh, hey, guess what? We just remembered. We're a fucking cartoon. Yeah, so anything can
2: go <laughs> anything,
0: at any time. Yeah. And, and pretty much anything does at that point, yeah. which is a very surprising way to just close out. 30 seconds. Did they come up 30 seconds short on the episode? And they I'm were like, oh, we
1: got to fill this in. We only watched one episode. So I'm wondering if this is like an outro they do at the end of every episode. It might be like a little variety. If it's variety just a recurring thing. bit? Yeah, it's either a recurring bit or it's like a little variety act they do at the end to get like one more quick joke in. I'll bet mm. you that's what it is. Otherwise, okay. it's just like a weird oddity. But we'll get there. But speaking yeah. of uh, putrid tea gangrene. Everything kind of stems from him, but his his other kind of, like, buddy-buddy assistant villain is Igor Smith. And when you hear right. Igor, you think the typical hunchbacked, kind of ugly, bug-eyed, you know, tiny-handed, uh, mustache-stroking weirdo assistant, right?
0: Absolutely. That's
1: but that's 100% what you but think. But that's not what we get with Igor Smith.
0: <laughs> no, uh, we, get, we get somebody who... Man, I don't know how to say this. We get somebody who looks like he is like a yacht, rock, surf bro. Yeah, that's pretty good.
1: He looks well off. He's very handsome. Uh, he's not very well spoken or super smart. Uh, he's well dressed. Yeah, he's just
0: like California surf dude, surfy bro. Yeah, and 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 he seems to he seems to have an obsession with vanity as well as also uh, newscasting. Yes which really plays into this episode. specifically and it's kind of only a, for
1: this episode. I don't know if it ever maybe comes Maybe only for this again. episode.
0: Yeah. It's, a, it's a very weird quirk to be able to give a villain, I mean, vanity's not, but just like newscasting. Yeah, very specific and, hobby, and, yeah. Yeah, news production just seems to be something where he's just like, I was born for this. And you're like, where are you? Well, he does have the bone structure, like, though. I feel like he'd definitely be I mean, a good anchor. I mean, I feel like he has the perfect set of hair mm-hmm. nice teeth. Uh, to be on television, mm-hmm. You know that it's that contained. dimpled chin, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, maybe a little too, uh, maybe a little too tan for. He's a
1: little tan. He's a little bro-y. but um, nineteen ninety,
0: he probably would have been pretty good. Sure, probably would have been pretty good. I think about, I think about somebody who's like that tan, yeah, delivering the weather and being against a green screen, yeah, and just, I mean, I don't know. Maybe you just pop at that point. Maybe it's just something you just really like pop, just like pop. out, and people can really see you, and so. Maybe it's a benefit. I don't know. I've never been able to tan in my life, so I don't know what <laughs> that. I don't know what that's like. Do you think he's better than Whitley White as a newscaster? I think that they were both terrible. And they're both awful. <laughs> I think they were both awful through and through. Uh, I think they were both just really—they were so self-obsessed that even when things were happening, they just—they <laughs> were just along for the ride. Whitley
1: White reminded me of Ted Baxter, though. Oh, okay. I liked. I liked. I like that he reminded me of Ted Baxter. Kind of, kind of dumb. Kind of vain. Um. And a newscaster, so it worked out pretty well. <laughs> yeah. uh, and Whitley wasn't really the villain or the hero. He's kind of like an in-between, but we'll talk about him a little bit more in the plot. From our right. hero side, who do you want to chat about?
0: So, let's get into Wilbur.
1: You want to get it? You're picking the weirdest ones. Like I thought you were gonna pick that, but only because I thought you were gonna pick a weird one.
0: Oh, well, because I am, I'm referencing Wilbur because, you know, we we talked about him uh, you know, in the joke about the parachute in the theme yeah. song itself. And so you know, as we've mentioned, it's been five years since the Great Tomato Wars have ended. And, and all tomatoes eat... have been banned since then. Right. And so just uh, the, the crazy thing is that they talk about is that it is illegal to transport and sell a tomato. Right. Which, again, the reason that this show doesn't take itself too seriously is that as this line is being delivered by, by Whitley White, there is a tomato <laughs> that is poking up on screen underneath, like right... By, like, his like, Like by the table, right by the pocket. Yeah, Yeah. right by the table. There's a
1: super cute tomato.
0: There's a little tomato, and then it just splats, it just splats itself on top of him. And he's just like, Yeah, and this is after he's like, In my opinion, the great tomato war is over. And then it, then a tomato hits him in the face, and he just cheeses out to the audience, like, Am I right? Am I, (laughs) am I right, ladies and gentlemen? (laughs) Ha
1: ha. But the only person taking the, the tomato threat seriously is Wilbur. At this point, exactly because he was the hero of the movies, but he has a strange profession uh, at this time in a world without tomatoes.
0: Right. He owns and operates a pizza shop, which is kind of tough unless you're just gonna make like white pizzas all day, I guess. I mean, I guess you could do that. I mean, you know, there look there are a lot of ways to be able to to make a sauce that you can put on a pizza. Are there that if yeah, there are. And so let's say, you know, we have, <clears throat> because I mean, like, look, you're saying that tomatoes are outlawed, mm-hmm. you know, but you still have something like you have red peppers, you know, it's not like you're giving up salt for and pepper now. and basil and garlic, you know, they're, I know, <sighs> right? Uh, <laughs> attack of the red bell Holy peppers. Shit, let's get serious for
1: a minute. If we're going to remake okay. this movie, which apparently we are now, attack of the killer peppers <laughs> would be gnarly. Like like tomatoes, yeah. whatever they can't do a whole lot. Peppers can mess you up. Peppers can mess oh, you up. Oh man! Like if we get yeah. the
0: Ghost Bros in. Ghost bros. Ghost Pepper Bros. We get those uh, those scorpion pepper man, bros. Man,
1: people are gonna literally die in the streets.
0: You even get me, who has handled tons, who's handled hundreds and hundreds of peppers because I love them for for food, and every time I cut a jalapeno, I'm just like, oh. I'm not gonna touch my eyes yeah. that have contacts in them. Five minutes later, I'm just screaming and crying in the bathroom, yep. and then I'm like, "Well, I have to take the second one out too, otherwise it's just gonna continue to hurt." Just, I can't. Just I can't fall asleep as with one start. of them in an exactly. eye. Yeah, I'm doing it with my pinky fingers, which may or may not have been into contact. It's a whole fun process. That I how is start. there not a device or an app that
1: plucks a contact out of your eye yet?
0: Cause it's your a fucking eye, world Dave. Living in where
1: <laughs> things don't do things for me. Oh, God. Like take my contacts out when I have pepper uh, hands.
0: We got this internet of things. Why can't we have the internet of just my eyes? Can you imagine
1: though somebody buying a robot that its only function is to like poke you in the eye and pop your contact? out? I wouldn't even trust that damn robot. Why? I trust, because I wouldn't trust myself.
0: Because I'd flinch and poke my own eye out. Hold on. Let me break this Let's down. Do it. You just asked for something mm-hmm. that you wanted. You don't wear contacts, though, I'm do I'm a complicated you? man. Hell yeah, I've worn contacts since I was like... Oh, eight you have? Time. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Um, so you're asking for a product that then you're saying if you had it, you wouldn't trust it. Yeah. And so therefore you wouldn't use it. Yeah.
1: I'm, I'm basically... I'm, I'm, I'm very I'm, confused I'm, by that I'm assertion, buddy. I'm a man buddy. of the internet. I want things and oh, I want it now, and I reserve the right to complain about them and then boycott them later. Oh, fair mm-hmm. enough. Welcome to the internet. Cool. Ah, but no, it, we're going to rewrite this movie with Attack of the Killer Peppers, and it's going to be like... Legit scary.
2: Okay, cool. Right.
1: Bookmark it. I could be on board for burner. that. All right. Anything else from Wilbur? We haven't really talked about him, but anything else on Wilbur?
0: No. we'll, we'll talk about his weird pizza choices. Yeah. Uh, later on, that he has. And I've made some weird ass know. pizzas.
1: I got a book of uh, teenage mutant ninja turtle pizzas out in the kitchen. Nice. Um,
0: who's left? Who
1: do you want to talk? Like maybe the three main heroes of the story.
0: Yeah. So we have uh, we have Chad, we have Tara, and we have FT. Who's your favorite? Oh, I think it's Tara. Interesting.
1: I thought you were gonna go with the dog.
0: Really? Yeah. I I think my challenge that I have with FT, now let, let's be very clear, he is a tomato, yep. but he's like a shaggy tomato. He's technically a furry tomato, which is where FT comes from. Or is fuzzy. Where the, yes. Yeah. Fuzzy. Yeah. And so they they have this FT, this like kind of dog, furry, shaggy. He looks more like a strawberry to me, to be honest. He, do, he does. Yeah. He does. He does. But the entire time they keep positing the thing, they're just like, "Oh, well, Ft, you're gonna be fine because we can pass you off as a dog." And I was like, "Wait, did we just forget how fucking dogs how
1: does, work? do dogs look like in this
0: world? Did we just... I mean, look, I know, I know that we just went through a tomato war, but nobody went to war with a fucking dog. Did we just... Did we lose our mind on how dogs operate? If nothing
1: else, I would look at that and just be like, "Is that your dog?" And they'd just be like, "Yeah." I'm like,
0: "He's covered <laughs> in blood." Like he has nothing no. but solid blood. What happened no, hold to your on. dog? Where's the back part of your Where's dog? Because your yeah. your dog looks like it was cut off. Is your dog brachycephalic, like a like a pug or a boxer? Something. Like. What what's wrong with you? Dog also doesn't have additional legs. Your dog should have four legs. It's a quadruped. Like that's how that works. This
1: dog is an effed up dog. I love that they were just like he looks like a dog. Like no, mm-mm. no. That's one of my first notes. Like mm-mm, this thing does not look like a dog. He's super cute though, uh, and I'm willing to give him a pass because he's the best.
0: He's cute. He I, I gets think all I really the just think yeah. He's all <laughs> Uh, twelve out of ten. Best tomato oh my dog God, ever. Oh we got to tweet that at the yeah. tomato right, uh, dogs. And if they we say this dogs. is not a dog, we're gonna raise hell. <laughs> I just, I, I think that that was one of those things. I was like, what kid watched this back in the nineties and was just like, mom, dad, I want a dog. And then they got a tomato, and, and they're just, just like, thanks. thanks. And they're like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take it out and walk it every day. And after one day, you've got this just.
2: Just
1: bruised just and disgusting shredded. disgusting
0: bruise. <laughs> you know, the kid's just dragging
1: it around the house in a leash.
0: Mom, mom, I put a band-aid on the dog because the dog wasn't looking good. It's just dripping uh, pits. Can you imagine trying just... to take it
1: for a walk outside on like that cobbledy ass sidewalk? Just shredding Whoa. its skin off.
0: Just shredding,
2: shredding
1: it. Just it. a piece of it. Nothing but pits left. Ugh. Seeds, I That's guess. gross. Poor dog. Yeah. Rip. PETA, don't contact us. It's a tomato. Yeah, it's a tomato. Don't so worry. talk about Tara. Let's talk about her name, first of all. Did you yeah. pick up this what little her,
0: pun? What was her last name? Tara? Boomdia.
1: Boomdia. Does that sound familiar to you?
0: Yeah, but I'm not getting it. What if it. I said Tara so what... Ra Boomdia? Tara Ra Boomdia.
1: Tara Ra Boomdia. Oh Tar-ra-bum-D-A. my
2: God. Are you kidding I'm me? Not,
1: unfortunately. I looked at it and I was <sighs> like, that looks familiar, but I can't think of why. And then I was like, ah, it's that damn song. It's like the howdy doody song. But Tara Ra Boomdia. Jesus
0: Christ. Do you feel bad about it? No, I'm just glad that I finally got there. I just really thought it was something where they were just like, let's just give her like a generic white girl name with just an interesting or like a, yeah, yeah, like I thought it was really kind of like a spin off of Bouvier. But hey, I was wrong. And that's what this show's about.
1: (laughs) It's usually (laughs) me on the other, like, it's usually me (laughs) saying the actual pun, but I can't hear it in my head. Like, catchphrase? Like, I'm saying uh, (laughs) the thing, but I don't hear it. Like, I was looking at, like, Chad Finletter and Wilbur Finletter. Like, is that anything? I don't know, but I'm not getting it if it is. Dr. Gangrene's no, pretty easy, but, yeah. Right.
0: Let oh, me man. ask you about uh,
1: Tara a little bit.
0: Yeah, go in, because she, she is our monster by mistake in this episode. Yeah, but or our time, Turbo Teen.
2: Mm,
1: at
0: the same time. That is a tomato, if you know what I'm saying. That- are you saying this is a very sexy tomato? Oh, it's a sexy tomato. She she is an attractive-looking cartoon character. Would you have 100%. relations with a tomato? With a tomato? Mm. I mean, I feel like every time I take a bite of pizza, I'm having an entire courtship in my mouth with that tomato sauce because it's so good. Is
1: it does she have like tomato flesh inside? Like if you sliced her arm open? This is getting <laughs> morbid, but if you cut her open, yeah. Is she just like tomato pulp inside? Now I'm getting grossed Uh, out. I'm rethinking my uh, attraction to Tara the Tomato Girl.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This really just got like SMC after dark. Rule 34. Yeah, I I think the challenging thing with this is that they give you a very limited scope of really what the the transition or really what she is woman versus a tomato. And so really drilling down into a lot of the intricacies that we're obviously having questions about, which I want to say are perfectly logical questions to it's have about the fact
2: natural. that...
0: Perfectly natural. You're coming of age. Tomatoes are becoming sexy. So just... I, think that's a, I think that's actually a big
2: mouth <laughs> joke.
0: Is it? I think it's a big mouth uh, joke. I re- it might yeah, be the, yeah, it 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 might be the co-
1: Contributing lakes. writer on, on uh, Nick lake's, Kroll's Big Mouth. It might be the lakes butter uh,
0: Check. but it's
1: tomato tomato I
0: guess guys if you're not watching Big Mouth on Netflix please check so, it yeah. out it's fantastic stop looking at them sexy yeah. tomatoes or do I or mean cute. I don't know what yeah, to tell you like you know tomatoes tomatoes can be I guess very luscious mm. As yeah,
2: that's a, literal line, that's a literal line of dialogue it's a
0: literal
1: line of dialogue here's, the thing, from here's this the thing with me like here's why I'm so like confused and sexually frustrated by this cartoon there's there's in the movie Tara was the creation, I believe, and she was also the girlfriend of the main character. So she was like tomato girl, but also the girlfriend of the main character. In this cartoon, they've aged them down slightly, but Tara is still kind of like sexualized. Chad, who's the the boy hero, is a little younger, but at the same time they're like friends, they sometimes dance together in closets when no one's looking, like there's a lot of weird shit going on. But he he brings her back and forth from being a tomato being a girl. So he's got this kind of like right. tomato girl power over her. Not over her, but like he, he assists in, yes, a very strange turbo teen kind of way. There's a lot of weird sexual tomato <laughs>
2: energy is all I'm
1: trying to say.
0: I'm almost going to shut up for a minute and just watch you dig this tomato dun, grave dun, 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 of your own. Then plant my vine. <laughs> uh, but, to, uh, but to back up Dave on this, it, it is really curious because they do... They, oh, that back up on the vine mm. joke. Jesus, man. Um, so, I mean, they do, they do really sexualize the Tara character, which is a very interesting choice for the show Attack of the Killer Tomato. But again, like... A lot of it is kind of built on that whole like B horror film uh, idea of like it's, you know you. I'm ha- sorry, but on
1: my end, it sounded like <clears throat> you said be a horror film.
0: No, no. Oh my god, not which is do technically not... another way to say a B horror <clears throat> film. They're, they're pretty yes. similar. So those 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 classic like low budget B clock. movies that are in the genre of horror. Well. Uh, <clears throat> had to clear that <laughs> one up. Uh, you know they, they tend to have. They tend to have like a scream queen sometimes that's on there, like a scream queen. A scream queen, and so some particular actress, you know, who is very attractive, who's sort of the the final girl, uh, in in these movies, you know, that's able to to belt out some of these these screams, you know, in terror as she's running away from whatever the threat is. And so I think that what they ended up doing is sort of making Tara. Into a little bit of that squeam queen a little bit. for the sake of this, but at the same
1: time, she's still kind of like I think, in order of heroics, it probably goes FT, who's the best, and yeah, and Tara, who actually has some like weird tomato girl powers, which we don't 100% understand, and then Chad, who kind of does his best but eh, isn't great, Wilbur's but relies on character. FT half the time, yeah, exactly. Who I think is FT, yeah. honestly, is my MVP, so
0: yeah, I, I will not disagree cool. with you on that. I, I just want to back you up though on the line that you mentioned about Tara. Uh, she says, "Being a luscious ripe tomato uh, can be hard on a it's girl," hard on and me you're too, just Sarah. like,
1: "I can't. Oh, Jesus. I just can't do it. You gotta just calm do it, it, it
0: down, <laughs> settle it down, dial it back a notch, settle it, just reserve, reserve it. it, take a cold, sh- take a cold shower, mm. go into cold storage, now, cryogenically freeze now, here's yourself." The thing. If, if Turbo Team took a cold
1: shower, I believe he would turn back into his, his, his human form? Uh,
0: probably a pizza. I don't know. At this point. <laughs> yeah, he definitely, he definitely also
1: turns into a pizza. <laughs> I think if he's cold, he turns back into a human. So so this brings me into the show itself. We've already talked yeah. about this thing kind of intros with like a news broadcast about the Great Tomato War and sums it up. And then we cut to the pizza restaurant where Wilbur's just like crazy old veteran yelling mm-hmm. at the crowd kind of thing. Not cloud, but crowd. And then we're looking for Tara. So Chad's in the back in the storeroom, and he's looking for Tara at this point. This is your first introduction to these characters if you've never seen the movie, or if you're like an eight-year-old kid that are that's watching these cartoons. So what's the first thing that he finds in the storeroom?
0: So he goes back into the storeroom. He finds yep. F.T., who's kind of lurking around for some reason. Well, you don't know. Not with a guilty, you don't know anything with a guilty look on his face. Yeah, we don't know anything so about him. So just like so, this weird, you know, frazzly, we,
1: tomato-looking strawberry creature on the ground. You're just like,
0: the fuck is this? you know, we've been obviously introduced to the fact that like tomatoes are illegal, yep. despite the fact that there is a tomato in the broadcast <laughs> yep. where we're told that it's illegal. So it, there's some tongue in cheek that I think you have to, to go yep. with on this. And so, uh, we find that there's just like this tomato with sort of this very interesting or it looks like a woman's hair pulled back in a ponytail, but it's like the part of the yeah, vine. little
1: vine and leaves on it.
0: Yeah. And so you find that back there. And so then what he does is he takes, a, a handkerchief and puts it over the tomato after kind of hitting it with a little, with a little bit of pepper. A little dash of pepper. A little, little dash of mm-hmm. pepper. Um, and, then, uh, and then the tomato sneezes and becomes a Which woman. Which is what normally happens. I'm so confused right now because I'm curious if you've been buying tomatoes and then just like salt-based style, just kind of putting like a little dash of pepper on top of them to see if they turn into Let's women. let just say that I haven't not been doing that.
1: But who oh, I mean Jesus I mean this Christ. could happen all the time. Who peppers a whole tomato though? No one's ever done it. So you don't know if they turn into hot chicks. You have no idea. I mean, I guess you're right. I haven't I love that I love that silence. I love wallowing in my awkward silence. It's one of my favorite I ha- things.
0: <laughs> I mean, I, I I will typically if I'm going to put pepper on a tomato, I will usually cut it into slices oh my God, you're barbarian.
1: It. What? I don't these put are a whole thing living
0: women creatures in these tomatoes. They are not Dave in the same vein that I'm concerned that this cartoon doesn't understand what the fuck a dog is, I'm concerned in real life that you don't understand what a woman is right now. I got nothing <laughs> for that. <laughs> Did you just shut that off with a,
1: well, <laughs> just, Jerry was basis, just with a Seinfeld my style. My whole well, basis I of mean, maybe I know. was tomato based up until this point, And now my degree from San Francisco City College is out the window. Oh my so God. I got to start from scratch. No, I was gonna go down this whole like side tangent about like cherry tomatoes, but we're gonna avoid that and just move on to the next thing. So if you oh. sprinkle pepper on a tomato, it turns into Tara. Tara comes back, uh, her her normal like human self, and then he says Chad says something weird to her like I told you to watch out whenever there's salt around, and it turns out that she like I don't know like fell asleep, just like wandered under this like this packet no, of like no. salt. What was she doing back there?
0: It was a, there was an open, yeah. open pack. She was back in the storeroom getting something yeah. for Wilbur, presumably, and she didn't see that there was a, like, a box of salt that had been okay, leaking. I she like went to go grab it. something, okay. spilled on top of and her. And that, because
1: apparently she, from her, uh, her experimental creation by Dr. Gangrene, who, the whole thing is he experiments on tomatoes and other vegetables and tries to, like, make him do his bidding so he can take over the world, turned it, <laughs> turned it into Tara. <laughs> Tara and FT escaped. So they're kind of on the run. They're also technically like banned, I guess. They're like banned creatures. They're, they're whatever. Um, but she has an allergy funny. to salt, is what I was trying to say. She has an allergy to salt. So we've got this turbotine thing where if she is salted, <laughs> which is weird to say, if she's salted, <laughs> if, she's assaulted, if, she's assaulted, if she's assaulted, she assaulted by salt. Nice. Turns back into a tomato. If she's a peppered, uh, <laughs> she turns back into a human. <laughs> Which makes for some weird and interesting uh, plot points as we go along. But that's like the first thing that you're introduced to. So it's already a little crazy uh, out of the gates here. And it's not – okay, so then she gets her – this is where she does her weird head turny thing for no reason. And where she also delivers that ridiculous line that Sean mentioned earlier. Now, here's where we get to one of my favorite parts of the show. And I mentioned this, Sean, I think – did I mention this on the show or (laughs) before the show? The transitions.
0: Oh, yes, so we these these transitions. Yep. We originally said that maybe they were interstitials. I, said interstitials. I, I think think took that as something else. But sort of the wipes and the transitions that we have that are in between scenes. And so tell me a little bit more about these. Well,
1: days. so like we've we've seen on cartoons in the past, whenever we're transitioning from one scene to the next, rather than just like a jump cut or a smash cut or whatever, or to like narratively not connect them at all, they just do a scene transition. So usually something will either just like wipe across the screen or there will be some, like a Brave Star, star will come out, or on Cops a badge will come out. And it'll just wipe you to the next scene. On this one, they use the killer tomatoes in a super fun way. They're all kind of different to do that transition. So it's a nice little like mini joke, but it's also just kind of like a cool self-referential gag. So we've got like, there's a giant tomato that eats the entire screen. Screen goes black and then it comes up on a new scene. There's a tomato that just, just splotches across the screen. So your whole TV screen's covered in tomato splotches. And there's another big fat tomato that just rolls across it.
0: Yeah, it just rolls. I remember the, the fat tomato rolling I remember the one eating the favorite. strings. That scared me when, <clears throat> when I was a kid. Really? Yeah, wow. Yeah.
1: You just got wow. eaten by a giant tomato. And also tomatoes I are thin. girls somehow. The food now
0: confusing. ate you, and now the food is attractive. Yeah, I don't get it. I do love food. Yeah.
1: Man. So when we come back from commercial or whatever this transition is, we get our first glimpse inside of Gangrene's lab. So what's going on up there? Right, so it's really interesting
0: because the show I think is broken down into only like three scenes, yeah, more or less, only three more locations, yeah. and so we we've talked pretty much all that we need to about the pizza shop. Yeah,
1: well, except do you want to do you want to mention a couple of his nasty flavors because he can't use yeah, yeah, tomatoes.
0: So, remember, <clears throat> so uh, again, you know, I- I'm sorry, I spend a lot of time cooking yeah. food, so you have you have a plethora of options. If you're not going to do a tomato-based sauce, so shame on you for not thinking about that.
1: I don't know what's wrong
0: with these flavors. uh, I'm sorry. The two pizzas that he introduces us to is mayonnaise and red snapper, but it had like it wasn't like flaked snapper (laughs) or salted snapper. It's just a whole fucking fish. The head's
1: a little with the with
0: the with the black the X's across. I love that. Uh, And then the other one that they have that sort of uh, lends as a segue to transition from one location to another is Chad is delivering a pizza down to the station where the newscast is taking place that is peanut butter and onion. Is it? Probably not. That
1: doesn't sound great. Yeah, I mean, that sounds like a weird thing to put on a pizza. I'd try it once.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'd give it a shot.
1: As long as it's not
0: pineapple and ham. Really? No, I love it. I'm just kidding. You're not? Oh, okay. It's my favorite. I haven't had it in a very
2: it's long really good, time today. Sour,
1: it's so good. Don't at me. I mean, I, don't add us out I'm, there. This is the one time we're gonna tell you not to contact
0: us. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> I've uh, I've been a really big fan of on top of pizza, uh, just cracking a whole egg.
1: Yeah, that's uh, there's a a style called like sha, shashuka or shaz shasuka, something like that. I'm saying it wrong, but it's basically like uh, I think Mediterranean or Middle Eastern style dish where you use some of those spices and then crack that egg right on top and you can do it, pizza it is, style.
0: Yeah. It is yeah, so delicious really to have like a decadent like whole yolk mm. just like break apart on top I just, of your pizza. I don't sometimes I don't even make it to it's the just, pizza I just crack it in my mouth. Ah, uh, it's so it's so good. We always talk I don't about know what food it is. on the show and I'm always Always talk about
1: food. i really hungry. Well, we right we're now. talking about pizza, that's fair. Speaking of vegetables though and and and
0: <laughs> foods, I guess. Uh what's going on up Let's, at Gang Green's lab? What's he doing this time? Uh so we've got grant uh We've got Gangrene, he's trying to figure out uh some of the things that he wants to do. But first and foremost, we have Igor, who we come upon who is newscasting to nobody. Oh, and before so before live I don't streaming know, was around. So Exactly. Before Twitch yeah. TV was available. I actually kind of related to this at some point because I don't know if you ever did this when you were a kid, but I had a friend, Alan, when we were growing up, who used to want to record mm-hmm. on like on cassette tapes. We would record like radio shows like we were uh, morning DJs okay. and so I think that it was a really bad it was a fun way for us to do terrible impressions sure. of other people that sure. we wanted and then have that tape I really wish I had some way to be able to get a hold of them now because there was like an entire thing where he was interviewing like Arnold Schwarzenegger and I think oh boy. we were going back and forth with bad Arnold Schwarzenegger impressions uh, so for me it was just tons of fun so but for Igor it's a little bit more disconcerting because guess what? He's not a child like yeah. I was uh, at that age. He's like a full grown, grown-ass man. like yeah, he's a grown ass man who looks like he just got done with like an all weekend cocaine yeah, bender. Probably did, and and
1: like a yeah. full body tanning session. Exactly.
0: He looks yeah. like he looks like he found a way to be able to tan and do a beer bong at the same time. And if you're if you are listening and you're thinking to yourself, you know what, Sean? That's a really great idea. No, it's not. Stop oh, it. Also, tomatoes aren't fucking dogs. God, tomatoes aren't sexy either. Let's get let's get with the day. Let's so many get things on things the same I, page. You're and saving this. me from making so
1: many terrible decisions. Uh, so speaking of terrible decisions, the doc at this point wants to. He's still working on his vegetable madness, right? He right. wants to use basically electronic the, signaling to like electronically or, or acoustically control vegetables at this point, and he's kind of figured out a way to do it. What
0: you got? Well, the, I mean, the specific field of science oh, well, that he's okay, in is the electronic control of vegetables. Apologies and that is his essence of genius as he calls yeah. it because he's going to be able to accomplish this with six milk bottles and a tuning fork and at that moment i really just went you better explain this cartoon you better fucking explain this a little they bit did better not. and so <laughs> and i mean no i mean in some way they did because they talk about the fact that you know it's it's the specific frequency or pitch yeah. that he's taking and he's evidently mapping that into a whistle sure. And so, whatever that, whatever this whistle that he has, uh, that he's created, it has the ability to uh, emit noise or sound at a frequency that will cause tomatoes to revolt and attack. So, it's essentially like the idea of a dog whistle, but rather than just calling the dog to you, it just
1: turns tomatoes, yeah, into like vicious attackers. And this is the first episode of the entire series called Give a Little Whistle. I think that's what it was, right? yeah give that whistle. so yeah, so there you go. There's your title uh, call out uh, in the plot of the thing itself. So you might imagine that everything revolves around getting this whistle out of the hands of uh, Dr. Gangrene and into safe hands, but he's not just going to go around town like the Pied Piper like he's got he's
0: got a bigger, more nefarious plan in store for this which really brings us to the third location yep. for this episode, which is the the actual KRUD news What's studio. That spell? It's crud, because guess what? Crud was funny. It was a funny word maybe to say well, in the early 90s. Yeah, it made me giggle. You. So <clears throat> we, uh, this is really where the final portion of this entire cartoon takes place, is the idea is that Igor kidnaps uh, Whitley. And, and who else Art,
1: accompanies Igor in kidnapping this newscaster?
0: Is, is it, it's this group of five smaller tomatoes and I believe the leader's name is Zoltan? Zoltan
1: or Zoltan. Yeah. One of the two. Like yeah. From.
0: Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. That was Zoltar. So we... Anyway.
0: Yeah. Well, so enough. <laughs> just making a lot of handshapes right hand now, shapes. now. I'm really excited about making it. A of, uh, making a lot of making a lot of visual jokes on an audio I'll podcast. Talk. I'll never learn. <laughs> I'll never I'll do it learn. anyway. <laughs> so we, uh, we have this moment where, uh, you know, the. This group of five tomatoes, which I distinctly remember as being one of my favorite parts of this show, kind of how silly they are, because it's like a tomato with sort of like a Eastern European accent, mustache, and it wasn't like a military hat. Yeah, exactly. Like he looked like he had garb that was like Russian military, but it was not a Russian accent. But his name was Zoltan, so who knows? Zoltan, like, but I don't know that that's like a Russian.
2: I think it was just kind of
1: nondescript Eastern Bloc European. Okay. Or just whatever tomato crazy.
2: Yeah.
0: Let's go with so, tomato <laughs> crazy. <laughs> tomato mm-hmm. crazy. So we uh, so we have our newscaster gets distracted by these tomatoes. <laughs> Basically says to them, like, I'm not going to be kidnapped by you. And in that moment where he's distracted, we have Igor coming in and kidnapping right. him and taking him away. So
1: Now, while this we, is uh, happening back at the pizza shop, this is where uh, Tara's tomato powers come in. She has these moments where her eyes, like, glow red. And she gets Mm -hmm. either like psychic intuition or she apparently like powers up at different times. And this is where she like bends over backwards and talks to FT and the two of them go off in search of uh, Chad because they know that he's about to get in trouble. Right. Because Chad's essentially like following up. He's going to deliver the pizza but he kind of stumbles on this kidnapping in in progress and follows the kidnappers to their lair and ends up kidnapped himself. That just saved us a few minutes of
0: ramble time. Yeah. (laughs) So... Uh, he manages to get out of this uh, this situation, um, you know, of getting kidnapped. And so, well, your buddy Zoltan has a good self-referential joke here. you remember? No, oh, what is what does he this say? This is the one where
1: they first reveal the like uh, the kidnapped location, which is just some like basement somewhere. I think maybe maybe even the basement of the the news studio. Um,
2: it,
0: it was not it was not descript. No, we it was could just not a basement somewhere. We're not sure where it was. Where it
1: was. But Zoltan like is is looking at the camera and he's like. Big budget special effects, huh? Because it's just like a bunch of dudes in a face <laughs> yep. somewhere. So I'm like, okay, well, we got it. Yeah. We get it. Fun. So eventually, yeah, they get, uh, they rescue Chad. But who rescues Chad? FT. FT. I mean, Wilbur was there, but he screwed everything up again.
0: I mean, the challenge for this show, and, and like we'll get into this in a second, is that anytime something needs to happen, anytime they need to capture this whistle, yeah uh before because as we talked about gangrene's idea is that if he's on this news show what he can do is he can blow the whistle on the air and it'll sort of attract all of the tomatoes that are in the surrounding area that have been outlawed that are illegal that are rogue factions of tomatoes and they will all descend upon the town of san zucchini and attack it and destroy everything and he's He's talking about the fact that, like, they're going to destroy, like, all the trees, all the yeah, buildings, yeah. all the cars. And then he's like, I'll be the ruler of whatever's yeah, left. Like. Uh, it whatever's won't be like. that. It, he's like, it won't, it won't the be The funny thing is that,
1: like, he is victim of these attacks as well. Because in his lab, when he tests the whistle out, all these tomatoes start, like, attacking him. And he was like, well, ah, maybe I didn't think this one out. Great. But he just, like, hides for a while. But then does he use it a second time when Chad is there? He, he eventually, like, gangrene shows up. He turns. Let me back this up. Chad got attacked. Chad gets attacked by a bunch of tomatoes, but I can't remember if Gangrene blew the whistle or if they were just already angry tomatoes that were out attacking people. Because Chad gets cornered he, in that alley, remember?
0: I think he, I think they just show up. I think
1: they just show up. Didn't make any sense. So they show up. He's like hiding from them in this back alley. And this is where the big, giant, scary tomato shows up. And I think Chad even throws like a bag of trash or like a full trash can at it. There's a full, full trash, trash can, can into its can. mouth that and was it a great eats shot. Tomato eats yeah. it, turns into a hot girl. No, that's not correct. Uh what? but Tara shows up and like blasts it, but like off camera. You don't see what happens. All you see is a tomato just explodes and it just like coats everything in tomato paste. And her eyes are kind of glowing. But then out of nowhere, gangrene comes up and uses the little salt trick again and she's a tomato again. Poof.
0: Yeah, that's I, I it's really challenging because <laughs> I feel like the biggest threat That these tomatoes really provide Uh, because most of these tomatoes are the regular little guys the little tomatoes that you know you would pick up you know at at a grocery store they're not these giant mutant uh tomatoes with teeth they're just regular tomatoes and when they attack you they're throwing themselves on like like a kamikaze suicide mission and so it seems like the biggest threat for this is do i take these clothes to the laundromat or do I have them dry cleaned? Uh, or do just I just buy new out. clothes? Like, I'll be honest with you. Sometimes I'm looking at this show and I'm realizing like the biggest threat is to your wardrobe, I mean, you might, not to your actual you person.
1: You might get like, lightly bruised, depending on how ripe they are. They seem pretty dang ripe, right.
0: though, because they're splotching all over Next the place. time, Next time you and I see each mm-hmm. other... We are going to throw tomatoes at each other. We're going to do like 10 paces. We each get a tomato and throw it as hard as we can. See what happens. We are going to, this is going to be dueling tomatoes. And then at the very end of it, then we're going to have a Beyblade fight. Nice. Weird, but nice. (laughs) Isn't
1: there a (laughs) festival in like Spain or Italy where they have the like tomato throwing festival? They just have like giant like vats of like tomato and pulp and everything. And they just throw it. There's like the orange festival like that, which seems very stingy. But I feel like
0: yeah, orange oranges are heavy guys. Maybe if they're like clementines, uh, that still like seems like you can get them. some.
1: I think they do it with tomatoes though.
0: Okay, yeah. yeah, I would be I would be in for a tomato fest. Yeah, I don't know about the fight, but we'll see. I'm just really concerned that it's gonna be you just sprinkling pepper on all these fallen tomatoes, kind of trying to coax them to turn into sexy. It's gotta women. happen at least once. <laughs> gotta happen, guys. Just the law of averages. Uh. All
1: right, let's, let's take this episode all home. Right. Where are we at? We need to have a Scooby-Doo moment in this episode. Uh, we sure do. So the whole thing, remember, the whole plan revolves around Igor kidnapping the newscaster so he can take over with apparently no one else knowing that he is now the newscaster in order to bring Dr. Gangrene on with his whistle so that Gangrene can blow his whistle uh, while everyone in the viewing area is watching and then trigger all these different tomatoes into attacking. So basically, all our good guys have to do is get the whistle back. Now, which of our heroes do you think manages to get this whistle? Oh, it's the best it's one. Horses. It's FT. FT, the best dog ever.
0: I just want to. <laughs> God. I just want to say I love the fact that Chad has to keep going, and he says this now. I think two or three times in this episode, he just goes, "FT, do your thing," yeah. and I was like, "What's the thing?"
1: Just being awesome. Nobody's, like it doesn't have one. Nobody's communicated. Thing. It's great.
0: No, but nobody's communicated anything to him. He's just like FT. Do your thing. Do your thing. Do your thing. Do your thing. And like, and he just he just knows what to yeah, do. He's the best. He's the best cartoon tomato I mean, dog ever. And I don't think that's really the an only... arguable point. And no, it's not yeah. at all. It's hundred <laughs> percent certified fresh. <laughs> <laughs> oh damn! Tomatoes. I knew it was coming. Government- <laughs> <laughs> this episode is sponsored by Rotten Tomatoes. Guys, if you're looking for movies, check out Rotten Tomatoes. Learn how their scoring Uh, system works, please.
1: (laughs) But no, so FT just straight runs up in the middle of a broadcast and just bites the whistle out of his hands. Plot over, like episode done, that's it. Yeah. No, they have to lead you on a Scooby-Doo chase at this point with uh, Igor and Gangrene going through a series of doors and trying to chase FT down. You know Scooby-Doo, you know what I'm talking about.
0: I think the the worst thing about this entire Scooby-Doo moment is that there's like a center tile... That's in the middle that's of the floor. That is a different color, time, yeah. and, and you're thinking to yourself, okay. So what's gonna pop out of that? And it's this random security guard that you see for two minutes, who's just like, who makes some dumb comment and then sinks back down into the floor. And you're just like, what? That Why? What? What, what the did that on? serve? What was? I think they liked the way he talked. I, what like a like a weird Jewish stereotype, yeah, a little bit. Oh boy. Oh, boy.
1: Yeah, so very, it makes a yeah, misstep, very, but it's very,
0: fine. Yeah, very, very challenging to misfire on a joke that didn't even need to happen. It's not like any kid was just like, yo, that's that joke with that, <laughs> that, with that, that security that guard. <laughs> yo, that, that killed. That was, that was the moment where I was like, I'm 100% that's sold on this cartoon version of a B-horror <laughs> film from the 70s. Let me ask you this. You're a news station,
1: right? <laughs> yeah, you've sure. Got, you've probably got a closet full of a bunch of like props what is one guaranteed giant box of things that you will always keep in that closet?
0: Uh, so, um, well, there's three actually. So one of them is, uh, is like a huge box. That's just like a series of like tiny little, little baby, little human hands Um, that would go like on the tip of your finger. Uh, you
1: need to clarify like, like plastic, like toys. Sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. God. Like plastic I toy, thought, like okay. finger toppers. Really creepy. No, 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 out, no like there's nothing. Like there's nothing
0: nefarious or creepy about this. Like no, you no, had no. sprinkled uh,
1: pepper on like cherry tomatoes, turned into babies with their hands, and then got rid of the evidence.
0: Uh, another thing that I have that's in the back is <laughs> I'm gonna move right on. Uh, another <laughs> uh, another thing that I have in the back traditionally uh, is a whole bunch of just like uh, like juice boxes. That checks out. Um, yeah, checks out. And then uh, the third and final thing that I have a huge box of is typically just a whole bunch of generic whistles. Oh,
1: actually, yeah. That's the same thing I have down on my list, so it makes sense. Yeah. And it works for the plot. It's crazy how cool. it works into this plot.
0: It's amazing how it just is like, oh, <laughs> thing that we need to have resolved, Resolved Giant box
1: of thing that is the MacGuffin <laughs> of the
0: show. Exactly. This
1: storage closet is the most confusing place in the show for me, though, because of the things that happen. I... I t-
0: there are there are points in time in this show where, as I talked about the three locations, we we've talked about not being able to understand where the kidnapping took place <laughs> or where this actual closet is that's within the news yeah. studio. Space and time in this show is just is almost uh, an afterthought for this entire group. Let of me people. let me ask
1: you this when Igor so Igor and Gangrene eventually find our trio hiding out in this closet and they manage to get a whistle back from them. when Igor shakes out, when he holds
0: Chad by his ankles and sh- shakes him out. Was that disturbing for you as it was for me? It was a little weird yeah. because Gangrene makes the the comment. He's just like, again, it was like one of those like two FT, do your thing. Yeah. And he just seems like, oh, you oh why, does everybody, out of their... why does everybody have a thing on this show? And why is nobody talking about it? Why is it so fucking
1: weird? But Igor made some weird sounds, though, when he was like shaking all the change out of, out of Chad. Though. Oh, did he? I blocked that out. He was just kind of, out. oh, oh. <laughs>
0: It's like, oh, God, what's happening? <laughs> Shaking a 10 And Maybe he was just like, uh, I need to go up to Wall Street and go on that Coke it's bender on a, a yacht bus. for a yeah,
1: month. he's probably coming down from that binge.
0: Wolf of Wall Street, bro, going mm. on here.
1: Quaaludes. So he eventually gets his uh, whistle. So you're like, oh, yeah. shit. Bad news for our heroes. Nah, it's totally fine. Because what is it? What does it call instead of all the tomatoes?
0: Uh, It calls all of the ducks. So
1: not only just generic whistles kept at a prop studio, but a whole shitload of duck whistles, apparently. And then one of the weirder things happens on this show. All the ducks that have now flown into the studio decide to start like line dancing together.
0: Yeah, and then what's even weirder is that everybody's just like, you know what? That's a pretty catchy song. I dig it. Even the tomatoes are like, you know what?
1: We were going to like destroy the city and stuff. We're just going to dance. We're going to tomato dance.
0: Yeah, we're going to dance. It's to the point where even like Wilbur... Uh, finds Tara and Chad in this storage yeah. closet that presumably they've been locked yeah. in and it's just them conga line dancing but for only two people yeah. which kind of looked like Tara was was doing butt stuff to Chad. Well, the other way
1: around, I guess.
0: No, because Tara was behind Chad. I thought Chad. she was in front of him. She's the taller character. Yeah, but I thought she was in front of him. That's not how you see it. She stage was bent over.
1: Was she? I thought. Maybe that was just in my mind. I don't don't think so, man. I'm going to cue it up. (laughs) Sean's going to cue it up while I try to dig myself out of this weird tomato
0: fetish hole. It is 100% Chad in front
1: of it. All
0: right. So Sean's right. Chad
1: got stuff in the butt from a tomato girl. (laughs) So I'm now over my
0: tomato fetish. Really? I don't play that. All right. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. It would burn. All right. Uh, There's a lot of acid in tomatoes, so maybe...
1: Mm. Yeah. Alright, still not the weirdest thing that happens in this episode. That's pretty much wraps no. it though. Like <clears throat> Wilbur just leaves them in the closet to weirdly do butt stuff and conga together.
0: So we we've not mentioned this and we've kind of teased yeah. this out. No, not at all. Uh we, we've kind of messaged this earlier and we've teased this out now. There's this moment towards the very, very end, which is just sort of like this bizarre kind of unnecessary interstitial where again they they realize that they are in a cartoon setting and they can do weird cartoon shit and so dave what what happens to this because we have igor who's interviewing dr gang he's still
1: living out his fantasy of like being a newscaster a news anchor or an interviewer and he basically just asks him if there's doesn't he ask him something like is there anything that uh listeners don't know about him
0: uh, yeah, it's sort of pertaining to like the field of yeah. science that he's in. How did he get in? into Correct. that? And
1: how did he how did he go on the path of being an angry scientist?
0: Yeah, yeah. And so what what what's this response that he has? Oh well
1: when I was only six years old, I ate an entire lawnmower. And then he just goes bruh, 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 and just goes bruh, 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 and just like vibrates off camera. And that was it. He, pull, he yeah, pulls he pulls his, oh, his
0: tie. Okay. He pulls his tie like it's yeah, like a, a like, a like a it's a starter. Yeah, like a ripcord starter for uh, an actual lawnmower, and then he just like like he's on heat, like yeah, wheelies, he like br- br- wheelie br- br- heels. Right he on. just kind of like br- br- like right off screen, and you're just like, and then and then it just cuts. Right to credits. <laughs> like, <what? laughs> like,
2: there's not
0: even a there's not even a tomato wipe no. to transition out of that awkwardness. It's just like we're done. I finished. liked
1: it though because it was just like a weird end joke to throw in there. I feel like it's something maybe in the writers' room they were just like, wouldn't it be funny if we were all on drugs and this is the joke we came up with. So <laughs> I, I don't know. It made me laugh because it was such a non sequitur. I hope they do that every episode. I might actually watch another episode to check that out. But speaking of that, yeah. do you have anything left uh, from this episode you want to mention before we move <sighs> to recommendations?
0: That is all the brain space I think I have for Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. I think that's about
1: it. We're gonna recap our spooky tunes month here in a second too. And we have a couple of shout outs for our uh favored listeners out there. So but
0: before we get to all that, buddy, what's the time for this week? Guys, now We have opinions, and it turns out all of you on the internet have opinions as well. And so uh, in order to honor and understand some of those opinions that we have from people who have commented and watched the show and are passionate about it, we now hand this over to longtime listener and friend of the show, Bobby Anthem, for this week's Love It or Hate It. Bobby, take it away, man.
3: This week's Love It was written by Op Prime from Ardmore, Pennsylvania, on January 11th, 2000, titled... Hilarious spoof of movies. This was a funny cartoon series based around the familiar movies. The show is hysterical, with Dr. Gangrene, voiced by John Astin, being the funniest. I remember one scene where he is chasing and shooting at the good guys from a helicopter or something, and said, if this were primetime, I could use real bullets. Worth watching if you can find it anywhere. As for your hated, since no one hated it enough to leave a bad review, the closest we could find was titled, Cool. Written by Thomas, main man at linian.net from Cardiff, Wales, on July 22nd, 1999. Thomas said, One of the great 80s movies of yesteryear, well, TV series. It was a very good TV series, but could never stand up against the much better sequel to the original film, which was kind of lame. Overall, a series worth watching if you can manage to find any episodes.
0: Flawless. Flawless, flawless as victory. Always. As always. Every week.
1: So, not flawless. So. This show is not exactly flawless. But, do you recommend it? And if not, does it get the dip? And remember for listeners, first time listeners out there, The dip means that a cartoon is erased from uh, all time, all history,
0: ever and ever. I will say that this show definitely struck the nostalgia chord with me because I watched a lot of this when I was 10, 11 years old when this show was out. Uh, Really did enjoy kind of seeing some of the campy weirdness of it. And I'll be honest, when we began this entire show, Dave, we really thought that we were going to be talking about everything else but this cartoon itself. And we've actually talked a lot about this cartoon and some weird intricacies about this show. And so I think for that alone, that it's kind of had that conversation between us and that we've enjoyed it and that this cartoon fundamentally doesn't understand how dogs hmm. work. I I recommend the show. I recommend checking out at least one episode of this show. and And also, I think... Because there's so much of a tie-in that it has to the movie, I think it would be in your best interest to check out the original Attack of the Killer Tomatoes from '78. And these things are all on yeah. YouTube, so it's super easy to find a majority of this stuff. Uh, they're weird, they're funny, and you really you kind of understand a little bit more of the sense of humor from the movie that bleeds over into the actual cartoon. Yeah, definitely. I'll I'll recommend it. It's not going to be
1: like a real strong recommendation though because this type of humor probably isn't for everybody.
0: Uh, mainly because I'm trying to keep these beautiful tomatoes to myself mm-hmm. and the less people mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. tomatoes mm-hmm. turn into mm-hmm. women, the better. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just you know, calling you out on this I mean, one, buddy. Now they know.
1: Yeah, well. <laughs> and now they know that I take like little McDonald's pepper packets to the supermarket with me and just sprinkle oh tomatoes. Oh my God. Because you had to tell them. But I mean, it's whatever no it's a it's a it's a fun show. It's very silly. And if you like the kind of humor, then you'll have fun with the show and uh, you know, it did pretty well. I think it was on for it was on for at least a year, so it had a decent run and uh, yeah, it was fun. And if you go back, like Sean said, and watch the movies, then you might find some like extra humor and extra little tie-ins and stuff that they do. But there's a bunch of like just little weird things scattered throughout the show. like there was a um a poster on a wall that said something like. Uh, what, did it, what did it say? Support uh, earwax? Promote ear, earwax? It's like promote or <laughs> yeah. support earwax, don't change a thing. Like, I don't know what the hell that means. Maybe it was something from the movie. Maybe it's something they just snuck in there, but it was just, like just such a weird little oddity that it was uh, It's just like a nice touch, even if I don't know why, why it's there or why it's funny. But yeah, I'd say recommend this one. All right, so we're going to recap the spooky tunes we had for this month. And we had five, if you can remember. We started with Castlevania. We had Grizzly Tales for Gruesome Kids and Lots of Squeams. Uh, and then we right. had Beetlejuice, and then we had Count Ducula. and then we're closing out with <laughs> Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> how would you? How would you rank? What's bottom to top? Let's go bottom to top. <clears throat> oh man, what was your, what was your uh, most favorite? Let's say.
0: Uh, you know it's really challenging because there good. were a lot of really good cartoons yeah. this month. Uh, I and I I enjoyed a lot of them. I, I would probably say my least favorite out of all of these that I think were, was pretty good uh might actually have been attack of the killer Titans. really out of all of them
1: yeah I'm, I'm I, you know because between i
0: between that and grizzly tales i think okay i think grizzly tales would be my number okay, 4 so we're pretty much um with count ducula number 3 beetlejuice number 2 and castlevania number 1 you still take one. castlevania number 1
1: <clears throat> you know it's it's tough for me because beetlejuice i remember fondly but honestly watching that show you know what man Thinking about it now, the puns and stuff were killing me in that episode. Loved, I, loved I it. fun. Um, <laughs> that diagnosis was passed down by an actual doctor too, so it's a medical excuse. <laughs> uh, let me put it this way. In terms of what I enjoyed this month, Beetlejuice was probably the worst, and then Grizzly was probably Ooh. next. So I might even do Beetlejuice five, Grizzly four, Attack three. Count Duckula. I enjoyed a lot more than I thought I would. Same. Shit, that's tough between that and this this
0: month this month has been hard because these These have have been been fun cartoons. And we've kind of recommended all of them. So you definitely go check them all out. This has been juxtaposed by the fact that like we've watched some really terrible spooky tunes over the month of October last year and the year before. And so to have five solid entries, this makes it really hard to say. Like, you know, I I love them all. I mean, I was I was I was pleased with everything that we watched. They were all
1: good. All good. Speaking of all good, our listeners out there are all great. And Sean has a couple of shout-outs he wants to share with you.
0: We've had a couple we've had a couple of listeners that have uh that have reached out um and that have been awesome about everything. So I just want to thank uh Cody for messaging us uh with all the great suggestions that he has. Uh uh Cody, we're definitely on board with all of these and we we're excited to watch a lot of them. Um, fun fact about the show: we do a pretty decent job of scheduling things out like six months in advance so that we have an idea of exactly what we're doing. Uh, But when we get, when we get all this input from people who want to have us watch these shows and talk about them, this directly influences, we always have swing spaces that are available. And so it's awesome to hear that because we are going to get within the next, I think four months, we have a good amount of listener appreciation uh, cartoons and suggestions that we've gotten from you guys. So keep them coming. Be that guy. This is a whole show built of people who are that guy who are crazy passionate about these things and love to do it, man. So we appreciate it, Cody. Thank you. And then we had a tweet right before we started the show tonight uh, that was from EJ on Twitter, and <laughs> this is just this is priceless. It said, "Shit, my kids started watching The Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog. Sonic says that there isn't enough alcohol." hashtag dip it man we feel the yeah. same way buddy so we are
2: really Thoughts sorry prayers. <laughs>
0: out to you that's a fair. it's gonna be a
1: rough one uh, oh well, guess what buddy the 2017 edition of spooky tunes is all about wrapped up nailed it nail in the coffin Ooh.
0: puns what do you have going on over the next couple of weeks for our listeners out there Guys, as always, I do live improv comedy with a group that is called Knox. We perform in the Washington, D.C. area with Washington Improv Theater. You can find out shows, tickets, times, all the information with dc.org. I know that we've had guests of the show, Tony Lazzaroni, who's been on, as well as also Jamal Newman. Uh, We recently just wrote and shot and submitted a short film, um, for Frederick, Maryland's 72-Hour Film Fest, and we were extremely happy that uh, the people who came out and supported and, and watched it and voted on it, uh, that we got not only the best acting for an ensemble, um, but we also got an uh, audience choice award. So thank you, guys, and we have that up online, and we'll be posting that for people to to go and check out. I <laughs> devised... was. Sort of directing portions when Tony wasn't available, and then I was also acting in it. So there's I I'm wearing a bunch of hats on that. So I hope that you guys enjoy it. It is all about uh, a bunch of cops who don't know how to do a stakeout. And the title so, is
1: Sean's Many Hats.
0: Yeah, right. It's called uh, the title is actually called Eyes on. Yeah, close enough. So we'll have that. Yeah, close enough. And so as always, you guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Sean Paul L. As for me,
1: I don't do half of the stuff that Sean just mentioned, but you can still find me on Twitter. At Doctor Claw MD, you can also find me on Collider.com, Nerdist.com, and DaveTrumbore.com. I'm gonna tell you guys a secret right now. Not What's you, you already on? know, but it's between me oh, and okay. listeners. Get back
2: up. All right. Oh, if oof. you
1: guys want to know what we're up to in the next couple of months, all you gotta do is head to Patreon.com/saturdaymorningcartoons. Remember, ah. that's morning with a U. The only reason I direct you guys there is because for a very minimal support, you can actually get newsletters each and every month that we send out that's going to have the list of the cartoons we're talking about for that month. So if you really want to know ahead of time what we're going to be talking about, maybe even get some suggestions in for your favorite episodes, a couple bucks a month, it helps us put the show on, but you also get a newsletter and a lot of other cool stuff out there as well. So again, I know we thank them at the top of the show, but thanks again to our patrons for all the support. Uh, It really does help us um, improve the quality of the show and maybe do some super cool things coming up in the future. So stay tuned. If you want to find out more about this show right here, you can follow us on Twitter at MorningTunes. Check us out on our website, SaturdayMorningCartoons.com. Take a look at Sean's handiwork on our Instagram page. Keep the conversation going on Facebook and listen to our free audio podcast each and every week through YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. As always, feel free to drop us a line, SaturdayMorningCartoons at gmail.com that's going to wrap it up for our holiday Halloween horror spooky tunes show 2017. <laughs> I forgot what the month was called. Halloween horror oh, tunes month. We'll be back in November with some surprise tunes. You guys will just have to tune in to find out or check out Patreon. But as always, thank you so much for listening and thanks for joining us for spooky toons month. We will see you next time.
3: Spooky. Hey everybody. Thanks a lot for listening to Saturday Morning Cartoons. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to transform and roll out.